Good morning, friends. Today is Thursday, the 7th of July, 2022. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 118, or I'm sorry, Psalm 18, 1 through 20, Deuteronomy 3, 18 through 28, Romans 9, 19 through 33, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. I'm glad to be with you today. It's been a while. We'll use opening responses from Prayers for the World and Its People found in the Iona Abbey Worship Book. Believing that God made and loves the world, we gather. That it may be reshaped to fulfill God's purposes, we pray. To seek a wisdom deeper than our own thinking, we listen. To honor God who gave us voice, we worship. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our heavenly creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Worship God in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come. Let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God, our maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Know that today we would hearken to your voice. Worship God in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us worship. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 20. I love you, O God, my strength. God is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon God who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of perdition assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon God. 
To my God, I cried for help. From God's temple, God heard my voice, and my cry to God reached God's ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because God was angry. Smoke went up from God's nostrils and devouring fire from God's mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from God. God bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under God's feet. God rode on a cherub and flew. God came swiftly upon the wings of the wind. God made darkness, God's covering around them. God's canopy, thick clouds, dark with water. Out of the brightness before God, there broke through their clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. God also thundered in the heavens and the most high uttered their voice. And they sent out their arrows and scattered them. God flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O God, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. God reached down from on high. God took me. God drew me out of mighty waters. God delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but God was my support. God brought me out into a broad place. God delivered me because God delighted in me. God rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, God recompensed me. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Deuteronomy 3, 18 through 28. At that time, I charged you as follows. Although your sovereign God has given you this land to occupy, all your troops shall cross over armed as the vanguard of your Israelite kin. Only your wives, your children, and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall stay behind in the towns that I have given to you. When God gives rest to your kindred as to you, and they too have occupied the land that your sovereign God is giving them beyond the Jordan, then each of you may return to the property that I have given to you. And I charged Joshua as well at that time, saying, Your own eyes have seen everything that your sovereign God has done to these two kings. So God will do to all the kingdoms into which you are about to cross. Do not fear them, for it is your sovereign God who fights for you. At that time, too, I entreated God, saying, O oh God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your might. What God in heaven or on earth can perform deeds and mighty acts like yours? Let me cross over to see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in the Lebanon. But God was angry with me on your account and would not heed me. God said to me, enough from you, never speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look around you to the west, to the north, to the south, and to the east. Look well, for you shall not cross over this Jordan, but charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, because it is he who shall cross over at the head of this people, and who shall secure their possession of the land that you will see. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. As our first transition canticle, I'm going to read to you a prayer from The Whole Earth Shall Cry Glory, Iona Prayers by the Reverend George F. McLeod. This one is called <clears throat> Man is Made to Rise. 
I'm going to read it as written, so ignore some of the antiquities of the language if you can, and see through to the spirit beneath. Christ above us, Christ beneath us, Christ beside us, Christ within us. Invisible we see you, Christ above us. With earthly eyes we see above us clouds or sunshine, gray or bright. But with the eye of faith we know you reign. Instinct in the sunray, speaking in the storm, warming and moving all creation, Christ above us. We do not see all things subject unto you, but we know that man is made to rise. Already exalted, already honored, even now our citizenship is in heaven. Christ above us, invisible we see you. Invisible we see you, Christ beneath us. With earthly eyes we see beneath us stones and dust and dross fit subjects for the analyst's table. But with the eye of faith, we know you uphold. In you, all things consist and hang together. The very atom is light energy. The grass is vibrant. The rocks pulsate. All is in flux. Turn but a stone and an angel moves. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Unknowable we know you, Christ beneath us. Inapprehensible we know you, Christ beside us. With earthly eyes we see men and women, exuberant or dull, tall or small. But with the eye of faith we know you dwell in each. You are imprisoned in the lecherous, the dope fiend and the drunk, dark in the dungeon, but you are there. You are released, resplendent, in the loving mother, the dutiful daughter, the passionate bride, and in every sacrificial soul. Inapprehensible we know you, Christ beside us. Intangible we touch you, Christ within us. With earthly eyes we see ourselves, dust of the dust, earth of the earth, fit subject at the last for the analyst table. But with the eye of faith we know ourselves all girt about of eternal stuff, our minds capable of divinity, our bodies groaning, waiting for the revealing, our souls redeemed, renewed. Intangible we touch you, Christ within us. Christ above us, Christ beneath us, beside us, within us. What need have we for temples made with hands, save as a passing place in which to gather and adore and be abased? We are your living temple. By grace alone, we are your living body, the only hope of clarity for the world. Blessed is your name for your glorious gospel. It is so. A reading from Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 33. You will say to me then, why then does God still find fault? For who can resist God's will? But who indeed are you, a human being, to argue with God? Will what is molded say to the one who molds it? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one object for special use and another for ordinary use? What if God, desiring to show God's wrath and to make known God's power, has endured with much patience the objects of wrath that are made for destruction? And what if God has done so in order to make known the riches of God's glory for the objects of mercy, which God has prepared beforehand for glory? including us, whom God has called not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As indeed God says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. 
and the one who was not beloved I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they shall be called children of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel were like the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For God will execute God's sentence on the earth quickly and decisively. And as Isaiah predicted, if the God of hosts had not left survivors to us, we would have fared like Sodom and been made like Gomorrah. What then are we to say? Gentiles who did not strive for righteousness have attained it. That is righteousness through faith. But Israel, who did strive for the righteousness that is based on the law, did not succeed in fulfilling that law. Why not? Because they did not strive for it on the basis of faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. See, I am laying in Zion, in Zion a stone that will make people stumble, a rock that will make them fall. And whoever believes in this one will not be put to shame. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's use as our second canticle another prayer from George MacLeod found in The Whole Earth Shall Cry Glory. We'll just do them both from there today. This one is entitled Less Worthy Members. Again, um, I'm going to read it as is and forgive the language. Lord Christ, your church is a mystery. It is not a human amalgamation of people trying to be loyal to you. It is not an army of soldiers drilling together to achieve the discipline to be brave. It is not a human list of souls trying sincerely to be good. It is a mystery of your own creating. It is your continuing body on earth. It is flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone. It is your bride. So there just aren't a lot of churches because you can't have a lot of bodies. So we ask you to open our minds and our hearts next time we sit at the communion gate at the communion table to see Baptists and Anglicans, Orthodox and Romans and Presbyterians all sitting at the same communion table, because that is how you see them. One body with you, your bride, bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. Our prayer is that you enlarge our hearts to serve all Christians with uncalculating love without waiting even should they spurn us or turn from us. We thank you for the present unity of the church. Help us to go right ahead in the light of it. Let us pray for the less worthy members of the church. They are already limbs of your mystical body. Forgetful you are already the head and they the limbs. Less worthy members who retain signs of their one-time earthiness with continuing prejudices all too ready to whisper the damaging libel about their neighbors, especially when that libel is true, all too eager to retell the nasty joke to gain popularity, forgetting the weaker brethren, all too tribal as if Bethlehem were a Scottish village in Nazareth, an English town, or Cape Town were cavalry itself, when you really died for all men everywhere, at a crossroads whose signposts had to be in Latin and Hebrew and Greek and Urdu and Russian and Afrikaans. Yes, Lord, we pray for the less worthy of the less worthy members of the church. They are, of course, none other than ourselves. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you. 
Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. As Jesus came out of the temple and was going away, Jesus' disciples came to point out to them the buildings of the temple. Then Jesus asked them, You see all these, do you not? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Beware that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Then they will hand you over to be tortured and will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We're using today the affirmation of faith from the Iona community's daily act of prayer. This was found in 50 Great Prayers from the Iona Community, compiled by Neil Painter. We're using a lot from the Iona Community today, um, but I'm, I'm finding it very refreshing. I hope you do as well. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the spirit with people everywhere we affirm god's goodness at the heart of humanity planted more deeply than all that is wrong with all creation we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life the unfolding purposes of god forever at work in ourselves and the world amen God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use Suffragist Set A, beginning on the bottom of page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care 
and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. A collect for the renewal of life. O God, sovereign eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning. Drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as our prayer for mission, as we have been, the prayer attributed to St. Francis, found on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And then also another prayer that we've been using lately the prayer attributed to the Archbishops of Canterbury and York, Justin Welby and Stephen Cottrell, respectively. God of peace and justice, we pray for the people of Ukraine today. We pray for peace in the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear for tomorrow, that your spirit of comfort would draw near to them. We pray for those with power over war or peace, for wisdom, discernment, and compassion to guide their decisions. Above all, we pray for all your precious children, at risk and in fear, that you would hold and protect them. We pray in the name of Jesus, the Sovereign of Peace. Amen. Let's talk just briefly about our readings today, my friends. I did have a few thoughts, um, and I'll just kind of go through them. Uh, forgive me if it seems a little disconnected. Um, I am rushing a little bit this morning. So something from our Hebrew scripture reading, a couple things that stood out to me are firstly that it is not, I'm sorry, that it is God who fights for us. This is a reminder that I think we can't hear too much, that when things seem, and this echoes the psalmist prayer as well, when things seem absolutely too much, when the forces that are arrayed against us, whatever form they take, seem completely overwhelming, we remember it is God who fights for us. And this doesn't mean that we abdicate 
responsibility for fighting for justice, peace, love, as, as we are called to do and in the ways that we are called to do. But rather, I think we should take heart because it is not all up to us. And then also, and somewhat connected to that thought, God here tells Moses that he will not cross over this Jordan. And I think it's interesting. Um, And again, you know, we talk about translation and time, but I do think that the Holy Spirit, when words stand out to us, that's, that's significant, even though they may be imperfect translations or imperfect passing down of those words. I still think that the spirit helps us get what we need in this moment from the text. And so I think it's interesting that the text, as we see it written here, and again, I use the new Oxford annotated Bible, new revised standard version. It says specifically, you shall not cross over this Jordan. And it just, it points for me at least to the Jordan as a metaphor and for as a reminder that this threshold Moses doesn't cross over some thresholds we don't cross over. Um, And particularly when Moses goes, or God says through Moses, because Moses is relaying what God said to him, right? But charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him because it is he who shall cross over at the head of, ahead of this people. Um, we sometimes it's not up to us to make the crossing. And in my own life, I'm thinking about breaking the ground, right? But it it is up to us to invest all that energy in the ones who will come after us and themselves break the ground and make the crossing, if that makes sense. I know that there are many leaders of social justice who did not see in their lifetimes the fruition of their work, and yet they poured so much energy into those who would come after, into us. And when other places in scripture talk about the cloud of witnesses that came before us, All of that um, is so important and comes together to build the bridges that we're going to use to to cross across from one era to another. And I, you know, I'm really disheartened, heartbroken, actually, by what I personally believe to be the backsliding of our country. It feels as though some of this work is being undone. But again, we should be heartened that even when it seems like it is several steps backward or tumbling down a hill or Sisyphus in the rock, you know, however you think of that, in the heavenly spiritual economy, so to speak, God takes it all and it is not wasted. That energy that we have spent, even when it feels fruitless, is is used for what will come next for those who will come after and we must keep praying and keep working 
And I think that, you know, all this questioning that we have, our next reading, um, from Romans really is a reminder that these have been questions are questions that have been going on since the beginning of the world. <laughs> you know, the writer of Romans here in this passage, I really believe, and it, and it says in my commentary, even that there are verses here that because of the way the original Greek was structured and because this was laid out of the way this was laid out linguistically, like it's hard to understand what it means. But I think distilled down to its essence, the author here is wrestling with a question that we all wrestle with. Why do bad things happen to some people and not to others? Um, particularly, I think applicable in this time is why is injustice happening? And really, the author is saying here, we, we don't know. And that's, that's what we come to, too. There's not... And we've talked about this before. There's not some equation that like we can figure out, you know, because X action was taken, then Z result, right? It's not that anybody deserves the bad thing to happen to them. Um, it's not that, and, and especially groups that are in power over the groups, like they did not, earn that superiority in the system. Even when that group is us, we didn't earn that superiority in the system. And there's a reminder here that all are God's chosen people. The writer, and it was really um, still, I think, somewhat revolutionary. This was a fight that was still ongoing at this time. And unfortunately, in some ways, is still ongoing now although a little bit um, reversed, you know, Jews and Gentiles were chosen. And we are all God's chosen people. And God will redeem, God will reconcile. I mean, these are verses we should go back and, you know, read when we need to have heart. God will redeem and God will reconcile. And the very place where we were wounded, that is the very place where God will heal. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just read that again together, a couple of those verses and take heart. Um, I'm starting partway through verse 25. Those who were not my people, I will call my people. And the one who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they shall be called children of the living God. So all this, that it seems like just we are powerless in this world. God will take it all and redeem and reconcile and heal and we should have, or we, may we have faith in that, even in the darkest places, as our psalmist said. And then lastly, we've got our reminder from the Gospel of Matthew. And it's twofold. You know, we see at the end here, 
the reminder that the end, <laughs> the end of the world will not come until the good news has been proclaimed throughout the world, until everyone has has heard the good news. And so um, let us take heart there that until the joy and peace of love of Christ has spread throughout the world, there, it, it won't be premature. The end will not be premature, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say here. Forgive me for my discombobulated ramblings today, but there, there is too, still time. None will be left behind. No one will miss the opportunity. We need not have FOMO about, about heaven. And in my very Celtic way, I, I believe that that is not a sharp delineation between now and then that in community in communion with all creation heaven is here too um and when we connect with that that is the nourishment that we need to keep going um so i apologize for digressing a little bit there but um Jesus also gives us, I think, like a holy warning. And I was talking with someone the other day about like the difference between or discerning the difference between fear and a holy warning. And there are many ways we do this. Um, But it helps to filter it through where is it leading you? Is it leading you to love or away from love? In the practice of spiritual direction, we would say to consolation or to desolation, closer to God or further away from God. And Jesus, you know, says that there are false prophets that will come in Jesus' name. And we will know them for being false because they are leading us away. And and he gives us the... I don't want to say the test, but I'm, I'm searching for the word. Like he gives us the way to filter this, to discern this. If it's not of love, it's not of Christ. And there are many people and organizations that are really just the powers that be calling themselves Christians right now. These are exactly the false prophets that, that Christ himself was talking about. So take heart and those of us who feel our name be smirched, like, no, Christ saw all of this. And if it's not from love, it's not from Christ. When we follow love, when we fight for love, no matter how frustrating it is, not wasted energy. It will all be right in the end. And if it's not yet right, then it is not yet the end. So hang on, my dear friends. And um, perhaps 
next time it'll be the right time and place to talk about some of the earthly origins of the false prophecies that we find ourselves or the like false statements maybe i don't know um that we find ourselves caught up in i don't really have time to go there today but just just rest assured that if it doesn't re- lead to love and freedom it's not christ it's not christian it is something else and it is okay to renounce it and to tor- turn turn <laughs> turn return <laughs> to God, to Christ, for Christ is love, all redeeming, all reconciling. We are not alone. We are not on our own. Amen. So now then is the time when we lift up, circle in prayer and hold in the light those whom the Spirit has placed upon our hearts. Amen. Please feel free to pause and pray as long as you need to. Let us give thanks together. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen us to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen.